0: How you guys doing? Swell, yes, let's go. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, I love this season. It's been a blast. Uh, And I just have to shout out a little bit um, our team, our leadership. Uh, Over the last few weeks, it's been such a pleasure to hear from these different voices within our congregation. Uh, John, Katie, uh, Tyler last week. Um, You guys uh, did an amazing job. Thank you for your stewardship of the word of God and bringing the word with passion and intentionality from the heart. Uh, Thank you for leading us in that way. I I got to sit back and receive and was blessed by it. So can we we give a round of applause and, and just appreciate those awesome leaders for bringing the word? It was great. I really enjoyed it. So we have a little project that's going on right now in the Cheshire household uh, that my wife is doing with our son Lucius. They are putting together a puzzle. Now how many guys like puzzles? like putting together It's so much fun. And so I got to be a part of it to get things started. And uh, it's very strategic, very strategic approach to putting together a puzzle. You have to start with the border pieces, right? Yeah, you got to start with the edge pieces. You get them all out and you start with the board. If you don't do it that way, then you're wrong. Um, so... <laughs> What you do is you you make the border, and then you divvy up the different uh, color schemes. So you take the pieces and put them into like piles that have matching colors. So we had put together, we were putting together the border, and we got down to it, and there were three missing pieces, as there is always missing pieces. And so we were looking through, and I was trying to look through the little color piles and not mess those up that my wife had put together so perfectly and beautifully, and I found two more of the pieces, and there was still one missing piece. And you guys know when there's one, it takes forever, especially if it's a border piece. So you're looking through, and I'm like trying not to mess up the piles, and finally I was just like, you know what, I just got to do it. And so I had to mess up all of the little color piles and look for it, and sure enough, finally, I didn't find it. Um, yeah. But we, we called it a night, and then sure enough, later enough, they, they found the piece, and they put it together. And I don't know if you guys have had this experience, though. You're putting together a puzzle like that, a thousand pieces, however many pieces, and you get to the end, and there is one piece missing. And it is very frustrating, because all of your work doesn't matter at all, unless you find that piece, and it's complete. And so you start looking for the piece, and you look on the table, and you know, it's not there. And so naturally, it's probably on the floor. So you look around the table, not there. And you're like, okay, well, it's in the box. It's probably left in the box. I don't know why we ever think that, because we pour out all the pieces, but we still check the box, and it's not in the box. And so then you got to get creative of where this piece could be. So you check your, your pant pockets, jacket pockets, And then you start looking around the house and you get further and further from the table and you start creating more and more elaborate scenarios of where this piece is. You know, maybe the dog ate it. Maybe the baby took the piece and then put it in a teapot in the toy box. And so you're like looking everywhere and you find yourself looking through shrubberies in your yard for a puzzle piece uh, that's to a, a, a puzzle that is in the living room on a table. And sure enough, you find the piece, and where is it? It's under the completed puzzle, on the table, the whole time right where it should be. But you're not upset when you find it. You're thrilled, you're overjoyed, because then, finally, all of that work wasn't in vain. You take that piece, you put it into the spot, and click, it has a little click sound, you know, And then you're like, yes, it's complete. And I don't know about you guys, but I like the way it feels when it's complete, like all the little grooves. I I'm weird. So anyways, so it's complete, and you have that feeling of, yes, it's done. And some of you guys like it so much that you then glue all the pieces together and then take the puzzle and, like, hang it up somewhere. You might even like like it so much that you frame the puzzle and put it somewhere. But it it makes sense because you put a lot of time into that. But that feeling of it being complete, it being whole, That feeling of wholeness, that's something that in our world so many people are searching for desperately, wanting to feel whole and complete. We find ourselves searching for that feeling of wholeness, and the Bible talks about this feeling. Scripture refers to it as shalom or peace, wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It's like a wall around a fortified city where every stone and every brick is in its perfect place, whole. But yet that feeling and that experience of wholeness eludes us so many times in our lives. And so today I want to talk about that. The title of my message is The Missing Peace. The Missing Peace. Let's pray over the word. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for your word. Holy Spirit, we just open up our hearts to what you want to say today, God. We want to be challenged by you, God. We want to be invited by you into the fullness of your glory and life for us. Thank you, Lord, that Christ in us is the hope, the eager expectation of the glory of God in our lives. Lord, I just pray that any words that come out of my mouth today that are from me will fall to the ground and die, Lord, but your words will remain and bear fruit in our lives. God, we love you. We honor you in this incredible season. Thank you for coming. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, we are continuing in our Advent series. We've been walking through the different names of God that are revealed in Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 so let's read that together it says for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end it is everlasting like katie said he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Man, so good. And so the last few weeks, John kicked us off talking about wonderful Counselor, and then Katie talked about the mighty God. Last week, Tyler did an amazing job talking about our everlasting Father. And something that we see about Jesus is his arrival, Advent, revealed the nature of God to us in a new and fresh way that is complete. And so when we look at Jesus, we see the visible image of the invisible God, right? That's who Jesus is. So we want to know who God is, we just look at Jesus how he interacted with people, how he spoke to people, how he loved on them, his attitude, the way he spent his time. We see the nature of God in Jesus revealed, but also his coming, his arrival reveals God's nature in the action. The fact that he came to us and became a man reveals the very nature of God. The fact that he cares about what we experience in this life, the hardships that we have, the brokenness that we experience, the loss, the grief. God cares enough and he, he wants to listen and empathize with our experience that he would come because he's a wonderful counselor. That's why he came. And then because he didn't want to leave us in the dark to fend for ourselves fighting off. The enemy alone, he wanted to save us and defend us and protect us. He is a mighty God and therefore he came. And because he loves us deeply, he doesn't want to see us alone, unloved, unwanted, broken, wounded. He came to love us. He is an everlasting father and therefore he came. And then he didn't want to leave us in anxiety and fear and worry and stress, but he wanted us to be whole and complete and at peace. He is the Prince of Peace and therefore he came. God's nature was revealed to us in his arrival that he came to us, Emmanuel, God with us. And so today I want to look at the prince of peace, the nature of God in bringing peace. Jesus came to bring us peace. Somebody say amen. 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 John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be Afraid. I don't know about you, but I need some peace in my life. And this world operates at a breakneck pace, it's constantly going. We constantly have to have something in front of us. We literally fill any moment of open time with medication. Right, on our phone or doing something. like We have to feel every moment. There's been something that's trained in us to just keep going and going, achieving and achieving, getting more and more and wanting more and needing more and doing more and working more and having more events and more activities and just filling up our lives with so much stuff and constantly on the go and on the go and on the go and we're constantly tired and restless. That's the world in which we live. And so the the natural conclusion that we come to is that I need some peace in my life, a.k.a. a vacation, right? I need to get away from it all. And then we go on a vacation. And if we go on a vacation with kids, then we realize that it is not restful or restorative as much as we might have thought it was. Um, That's also called a trip, not a vacation, as parents know. Um, But... We think, okay, we got to get away. But peace is not escapism. It's not running and fleeing from our lives and having to escape them. That's not the peace of God. Peace, as revealed in Scripture, it's a state of being that, first of all, it's a blessing and a favor from the Lord. It is unmerited, and God offers us peace as a free gift, just like he offers everything to us in that way. But it's freedom from stress and anxiety and fear. Peace is about wholeness, being complete. Like I said, it's like painting that picture of that wall that has not one missing brick. It is complete. Nothing is missing and nothing is broken. That's the peace that God offers us, wholeness. And think about it, the opposite of peace, right? Fear, stress, anxiety, worry. We feel those things when we feel like something is missing in our life. That's why we get fearful and anxious and stressed. Oh, I don't have enough money. So we get fearful and anxious, stressed. I feel like I don't have the right relationships in my life. I don't have enough friendships. I don't have a spouse. I don't have Purpose in my work. Uh, I need a better job. I need this thing. And so we get stressed and we get restless and we get anxious because there's something, we think there's something missing. And so we need that thing. And so therefore we have no peace because peace is that sense of wholeness and contentment and satisfaction that only comes from the presence of God. So I want to ask you guys this, and this is a little moment to just reflect. Tyler did this last week, and I thought it was great, so I'm going to steal it. Um, So let's think about this question together. Just close your eyes, and I want you to think, what is the current condition of my heart? What is the current condition of my heart? Is there weariness, restlessness, restlessness? Anxiety, fear, what is the state of my heart? So that leads us to the next question. How do we become whole, right? If peace is wholeness, how do we experience wholeness? Well, this is what the world tells us, that peace is actually about pieces, right? It's getting all the pieces to the puzzle, putting them all together and that we'll experience wholeness and peace when we have all the different pieces right in their proper place. And so once we have the house that we need and we have the spouse and we got the kids and we got the thing and we got the job and we have the purpose and we have the money and we have all that stuff, once I get all those pieces together, then, then I will be whole. And so it's this rat race to... To grab hold of all of those different missing pieces to the puzzle and put them together so that we can be whole. But we know, according to scripture, that this isn't true. You can have all the pieces and still not be at peace. Right? I love this quote by Jim Carrey, actually, which is funny. I'm quoting Jim Carrey in church. All right. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. It's, just, it's good. <laughs> Come on, Jim. Um, everything they ever dreamed of and see, it's not the answer. Because in fact, what happens is when we seek that out to get the pieces, it actually creates more anxiety within us. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It creates more stress because what does it do? It focuses all of our attention on what we don't have on the things that we are lacking and the fact of the matter is there will always be something because the flesh, the sin nature desires more and more and it's never satisfied it covets and it's in its nature to covet and so no matter how much we have it will always want something more So we can have all the pieces and not have peace. So peace isn't about having all the pieces. It's about having the person of peace. The person of peace. The word of God says that Christ, Jesus himself, is our peace. He is peace. The person, Jesus, is peace. And so, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but... Where you've been stressed out, a lot of things are going on in your world, you've been busy, whatever, you know, maybe you've experienced some extreme hardships in your life, but at some moment you come into the presence of God, and maybe it's in worship or in prayer or in solitude or something happens, and you enter God's presence. Somehow, supernaturally, all the weight, all the heaviness, all the feelings of anxiety within you, when we come into the presence of Jesus, it just fades. It's like that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full at his wonderful face and the things of earth will what? Grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The presence of Jesus is the absence of, of fear and anxiety and stress. We become whole as we become more holy, his. So there's a great picture of this, of Jesus' presence doing this in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 24, this is after the resurrection, okay? So Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and then the women uh, go to the tomb, right? The angel's there, and he's like, why are you looking for Jesus? He said he was gonna... Rise from the dead. He's not here. He's risen. Go tell everybody. Tell them the good news. Jesus is alive. woo So the the ladies are like, yeah. And they go back to the 11. And this is what happens in verse 9 of Luke 24. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11, to all the others. It was Mary, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. So all this excitement, all this thrill, and they come and they're like, nah, that's not true. It's, it's kind of a sad reception. And then it carries on in John chapter 20. We pick up the same story. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. She told them that he had, uh, that he had said these things to her. Verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Let's pause right there. So let's paint this picture, okay? First of all, Jesus told them multiple times that he was going to die, and on the third day is going to be raised from the dead. And he let them know in advance, and they still, they still weren't getting it. Um, how many of you guys can identify with the disciples? Right? <laughs> uh, and no one raised their hands, that's great. Um, I raised my hand. So they're there, and they're afraid, because Jesus was crucified. So they're they're fearing their lives, fearing for their lives from the Jewish leaders. They they got all the doors locked. They're huddled up. They're all stressed and and anxious. And what happens when Jesus shows up? Verse 19, Jesus came and stood among them, which that would be a little scary to just, he's there. And he said, peace be with you. Exclamation mark. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was not in the room. You see the picture. They're anxious. They're fearful, doubting, even with all the ladies telling them, Jesus is alive. This is exciting. Be happy wouldn't do it. As soon as Jesus shows up, there's joy, there's life, there's laughter. The anxiety suddenly is gone, the fear is gone, because they're in the presence of Jesus. Jesus also has this knack for walking through walls and proclaiming peace. There's so many walls that we build up in our hearts, in our (laughs) lives, to keep people out, because there's a wound because there's turmoil down there deep deep places that we don't let anyone have access to but Jesus has this way of walking right through our walls and proclaiming peace to the deepest parts of who we are wholeness he said i see although you might portray out here that you are whole and complete i can see that that room in the dark and I want you to be whole there and Jesus finds his way when we're in his presence to come into those places and to heal to restore and make us whole the presence of God is the peace we are looking for the presence of Jesus the presence of God that's the peace that's the that's the thing that the world and us are looking for. What's amazing about this is even if all the other pieces are missing in our life, even if they're all strewn about, even if we don't have the the home and the relationship and the job and the purpose and all the things, and and there's turmoil and there's strife and there is grief and there is loss, even if all the pieces are missing, we can still be whole in the presence of God. We can still have wholeness in his presence. No matter what the condition or the state of our lives are at that present moment, we can find wholeness and peace in him. I, uh, there was a time when I was a youth pastor uh, back in Blue Springs, actually, and I had a string of events take place all like within one day, and it's a long story, but multiple things that were just heartbreaking over and over and over again. And I got to a point, I remember driving, and just, I had nothing left. Like, no, my emo- I was emotionally bankrupt. I was just broken. And I, was, I just felt completely lost. And even though I knew Jesus was the answer, I knew that, I just, I was empty. There was nothing. Everything seemed like it had been pulled out of me, and I was just this empty container. And I remember thinking, I just need Jesus somehow. (laughs) Like, I don't know, something. And so I was going to go home, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go up to the church. And so I went up to the church, and I was going to, like, turn on some prayer music or something and just try to pray or something. And I remember I walk in the door to just this empty room. It was the youth room. I walk in, and I didn't even make it to the booth. I just fell down. And I just remember feeling so alone in that moment, and all I did was say one word. I just said, Jesus. And I just wept. I just bawled my eyes out. I mean, nasty cry, okay? Like, it was gross. Like, the snot that just, you know, I look at a puddle, you know, you're welcome for the the picture, (laughs) this beautiful puddle on the floor beneath me. I mean, just sobbing. And I just, and I don't even know how long I was there. It was a long time. I just cried and cried and cried. I didn't have any music. I didn't have any awesome prayer to pray. I didn't pull up this amazing scripture. or have this amazing revelation. I just fell to my knees and said, Jesus. And he did what he does. He walked through every wall, every wound, every broken part of my life and went straight to my heart and brought life. All I did was literally just throw a lifeline. I was just throwing my faith in the direction generally, like this way, of Jesus. And yet he caught it and he came right in. And that's what he does. And because of his sacrifice, because of the cross of Jesus, we don't have to work our way into the presence of God anymore. We can go right in. Amen? Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain and into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right in to the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Old Testament, the most holy place, the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where God's literal, physical glory rested, the Shekinah glory of God. The pillar of fire that we hear about, right, with the Israelites, the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, rested over the tabernacle, over the most holy place. And the only person that could go in there was the high priest, and it was only once a year to make atonement for the people. Once a year, one man, and even then they had to tie a rope to his ankle with bells on it just in case he died in the presence of God and they had to drag him out. Pretty intense. That was it. That was the access. But what does it say here? Because of Jesus, we can go right into the presence of God because of his sacrifice, because of his blood that was spilt the perfect sacrifice forever, the veil's open. We can walk right in. And so we might think, well, what about when I keep making mistakes and I keep falling short and I'm full of, of shame or I just did this terrible thing? But God's not going to let me into his presence. Hebrews 6, 19 through 20 in the New King James says this, this hope we have in Jesus as an anchor of the soul Both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. Our faith and our hope in him anchors us to the most holy presence of God. It anchors us to peace. That the anchor is within the veil, like our heart is anchored within the most holy place because of Jesus Our faith keeps us anchored right there. I love this, the way the message says this passage in verse 18. It says, we have run for our very lives to God. We who have run, I'm sorry, for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances, right to the very presence of God, where Jesus, running on ahead of us, has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us in the order of Melchizedek. Our heart is anchored behind the veil in the presence of our most glorious king. Our heart is anchored there. So that means nothing can take it from no matter what we experience, no matter what mistakes we make, no matter what hardship we endure, Jesus anchored our hearts in the very presence of God. So I want to close with this. So then the question is, well, then why don't we always experience his peace? You know, if, I, if I'm anchored in God's presence, which is peace, right? Right? We lay hold of Jesus. We lay hold of peace because he is our peace. Why don't I experience that all the time? Well, we have a part to play. Our faith and our attention needs to rest on truth. Our faith and our attention needs to rest on truth. And the truth can be as simple as he's the one who saves us. He's the one, he's the source, he's life. Something as simple as that. If our faith and our attention rests on that truth, boom. That's that grabbing hold of that hope with both hands, not letting go and laying hold of peace himself in person. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed. On you. So when we take time to intentionally welcome Jesus in, he brings peace with him. But this is the question I want to leave us with today, and we can just meditate on this. I want you to think about it. When was the last time you welcomed him? When was the last time you, now this is what I mean. I'm not saying when was the last time you sang a worship song. I'm not saying when was the last time you read a Bible verse. I'm not saying when was the last time you prayed for your grandmother or, you know, her dog or something. I'm saying when was the last time you welcomed, intentionally, set your eyes on Jesus and said, Jesus, come into my life. I'm welcoming you in. I need you. Like the the words of that song, Father, you're all I need. But not just sung into the room, sung to the person of Jesus. Because we can live our whole lives. You, you You could be going to church your entire life, have the Bible memorized, done a lot of great things, and have never welcomed Jesus in. So when was the last time? And maybe it was today. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it's been, when you really think about it, maybe it's been a while. Since you took the time, to talked to Jesus as a person and said, oh man, I need you. Will you come in? So I want to do that together today to take a moment and welcome Jesus in. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing this song again. Um, and we're just going to give God our attention. It's easy. There's so many things vying for our attention. We're going to create some space and, and know that our hearts are anchored in the very presence of the Most High God. So would you stand with me Before we sing, I just want us to take a moment. Can everyone just close your eyes standing there with me? With your eyes closed, just picture to the best of your ability, picture Jesus there. Because the Bible says that he's always with us. He's here. He's present in this room. So just imagine Jesus, whatever he looks like, maybe he's smiling, he's happy to see you, whatever it is, compassion, maybe compassion is on his face, he's empathizing with what you're feeling in this moment because he's a good father. I just want you to picture Jesus and as we sing this song, sing to him. And welcome him in. Lord Jesus, we take this moment to welcome you, the person of peace, into our lives. God, will you go to those places, maybe where we've built up walls, go to the hidden rooms, every place of our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, Lord. We just ask, God, will you bring peace? May we know you more fully.
1: From what is seen to the deepest part. I am only a child of God.
0: Lord Jesus, you're all we need, Father. And Lord, we just ask you to. you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. You just say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And we will be saved. So Father, we welcome you, Lord. Help us keep How many pieces seem like they're missing? Lord, thank you, God, that we are whole in you. That's the truth. No matter what the enemy says, you have made us whole. (coughs) we love you. We bless you. Thank you, God. You are more than enough. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, this has been a great season of advent and it culminates next sunday where we get to light the christ candle that's he's the big deal right he's the center of it all we get to celebrate him and his arrival so christmas eve 6 p.m this sunday Um, let people know, invite coworkers, friends, anyone you know, if they don't have a place to be, especially if you know anyone that feels like they're alone or they're spending the holidays alone, invite them to come with you. Just be with them, just like Jesus would in that moment, and uh, let's see what God does uh, next Sunday. Love you guys, appreciate you guys, and don't forget, if you have any final donations, uh, bring them over there, and we're going to give those out this week to the homeless. Love you. See you next week.